Hello, I'm Helen Arney and of course I'm here with my fabulous co-host Dorothy Brown and we'd like to welcome you to our podcast Out of the Frying Pan. This is the podcast where we're chatting to people that have stepped out of their comfort zones, whether it's in business or in their personal lives, and we'll be discussing with them their highs and lows, and importantly, what they've learnt and can share with us along the way. So we're joined today by Helen Davis. Uh, Helen is a clinical hypnotherapist and a yoga teacher. Um, Basically, she helps busy people make space physically, mentally and emotionally because she says where there's space, there's healing. So thank you so much for joining us today, Helen. Um, We've obviously had a brief chat before. We kind of, or I stumbled across you actually um, in one of our Facebook groups and uh, seeing some of the posts that you put on there kind of resonated and I thought would be a a good match for our podcast um, and hopefully something that I'm sure the listeners would, would love to hear about. So um, I, I know this, this time is, is quite a good, good time for you at the moment in terms of um, there's a particular anniversary that's, uh, that's come about. So um, I wonder if you could, obviously Dorothy, who, who's not met you and, and not spoken with you, I've, I've given her little uh, tippets of, of what's we, what we've discussed. So um, if you want to just talk us through. Absolutely. Well, it's lovely to be here. Thank you both for, for inviting me. Um, and I'm, I'd love to tell you a little bit about my story and what's brought me to, to where I am. So um, I'm in my mid-50s now, and, and I have a, a previous career, like so many people in this kind of sector do. Uh, I spent 20 years as a business analyst. Um, my my specialisation was the media industry, and um, I was very good at what I did. Um, I did a lot of travelling through work. Um, I... Very unusually, the company I originally joined was a very small boutique company, and we didn't have an office. So I've worked from a home office since 1994, which is really oh, unusual. Yes, <laughs> you were the trendsetter. <laughs> we really were. And um, as the company grew, those who wanted had the opportunity to go move in house. But because I was living down in Hampshire and I had no desire to commute to London every day, I continued working predominantly from home. And Basically, in 2012, so it's actually, at the time where, you know, as we're recording today, it's 10 years ago this month wow. that um, my whole world fell apart. And I was building up to the biggest event of my working year, and I got a flu-like virus back in the days when that didn't strike fear into our hearts. <laughs> that um, and a week down the line... I sort of got myself back to my desk again, bearing in mind that that meant walking across the house rather than taking a train to London. <laughs> uh, but I still wasn't really there. And on the Saturday, I remember it absolutely vividly. It was um, the 17th of March, 2012. And I, my husband at the time had just gone off on what was going to be a six-week business trip. So um, it was me and the dog. I'd taken her for a walk and I came home and I just thought I've got to go to bed. Uh, which was highly unlikely, unusual for me. And I found myself in the middle of a Saturday afternoon, lying in bed, sobbing, and saying out loud, I just can't do it anymore. And I had no idea what it was. Mm -hmm. I was just at my wit's end. And the moment that changed everything, the moment that changed changed my life with hindsight, didn't feel like it at the time, 
was when I did the one thing that I never ever did and I asked for help mm-hmm. and at the time um, I was, well I was living I still do live in in the, in, in the Hampshire countryside and um, my parents lived 10 minutes drive from me at the time and I picked up the phone I rang my mother and I asked her for help <laughs> what I didn't know, my parents have a very annoying habit of leaving their phone on loudspeaker whenever they talk to anyone. I didn't actually know they had guests for lunch at the time. Oh my god! And bless her, she just said, "Can you get yourself here?" And as I say, it's a ten-minute drive. And I thought about it, and I said, "No." Mm. And she turned up. I don't know, half an hour later, and found me kind of wandering aimlessly around the house, picking things up, putting them down. Beyond the dog's food and bed, I couldn't think what I needed to take. Mm. Right. And she took me home, put me to bed. And she looked after me. They, she and my stepfather looked after me for the next few weeks. Um, initially, I was in bed for 23 hours a day. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was a very long period, but it was the worst. Um, I would make myself get out of bed to have an evening meal for about half an hour, an hour in the downstairs and then go back to bed. Climbing the stairs was a huge issue. Having a shower was exhausting. And I was eventually um, diagnosed um, once they'd ruled out everything else with um, what's called post-bowel fatigue, effectively chronic fatigue, ME. Oh, right. Multiple names. Yeah. A big shock to you then, who was in control running around, top speed, doing all these things, and suddenly, literally suddenly, not in control. Yeah. Um, I always refer to it as the rug being pulled out from underneath my feet. And it took me a long time to realise that I wasn't going to be going back to work for a long time. Mm. Uh, I think as that realisation started to dawn, there was a sense, even then, really quite early on, that something that was actually a sense of relief. Right. Because I'd always known that the job I did was not wanted, what I wanted to spend the rest of my life doing. Mm. But I had, you know, all my own imposter syndrome and insecurities meant I felt I had no transferable skills, which yeah. I look back at last. <laughs> um, Welcome to the world of our Dorothy and Helen. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I couldn't see what else I could do. I couldn't get any perspective. And so when I had no option but to completely stop, there was the part of me, I think, that knew really very early on that this was the opportunity I'd been looking for, even mm. if it felt like it was the end of the world. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like you say, it, it is it's that it's that rug, literally, isn't it, being being pulled out from under your feet that, yeah. that makes you realise. Um, so, which... Yes, obviously, as as scary and and horrible to go through that process, really a, a nice thing at the end of it that actually you you were able to take stock and and realise, okay, yes, I I know I don't actually enjoy doing this. This isn't something that I love, um, and to be able to look to other things to to give you that fulfilment. And it also gave me the time to to understand what I did want to do because, mm. as I say, I had no idea. And there were aspects of my, I mean, the reason I'd done it for 20 years, yes, it was because I was I was good at what I did. And as a lifelong people pleaser, mm-hmm. when people yes. told me I was good at what I did, yeah. <laughs> why would I stop doing it? Yeah. But when I had that space 
and I started to realize. So um, just to, you know, I, it took me a year and a half before I was able to work at all again. Mm-hmm. And then it took me another two and a half years to build up from the odd hour here and there to a three-day week. Right. And that three-day week, which I did for six months from home, put me back on sick leave. So that was the point when it was like, okay, no, I can't do this and have a side hustle. I have to I have to pursue what I now, by that point, knew I wanted to do. Mm, mm. And deep breath and trust that the net will appear as yeah. I take my leap. Yeah. yeah. But I think when we, when we spoke before, something that you said that that really resonated with me was that obviously you're in a, a very um, fast-paced environment or you were in a very fast-paced environment um, and that you were constantly stressed um, but that one of your friends thought you thrived on stress but you, you said actually it could, nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. Um, so I, anybody who knew me in those days whether they were you know, business connections, close friends, family, if they were asked to describe who I was, one of the words they would have used very early on would have been the word stress. Mm-hmm. And as, I, as, as you say, Helen, one of my um, friends who got to know me when I was kind of at the height of that career had subsequently said to me, I always thought you thrived on it. But that was what I was able to project. But what, with hindsight, you know, nothing comes out of the blue. It felt like yes. it came out of the blue. Yeah. But with hindsight, I spiraling for a good couple of years and this is where this is why I really understand a lot of the issues around working from home particularly mm. when it just comes to many people out of nowhere yeah when you work from home you know you can have that read that email get that call that just tips you over and sends you off into floods of tears yeah mm. overwhelmed whatever it is go off and have a good cry and then you come back and deal with the next thing. And there's nobody there to see you coming out of the ladies thinking, oh, she looks a bit yes. off colour. Yeah. You need it so much more. Mm-hmm. And nobody had a clue. At the same time, of course, it was taking its toll uh, mm-hmm. on a lot of things on my personal life and not least my marriage. Mm. Um, I do say now that getting ill was the best thing that ever happened to me because I'd had so many messages so many opportunities to realize that something needed to change and i mm. hadn't had the the courage the insight the mm. awareness mm. to listen mm. and and i think you you do you, well you, you're on a a, a a continual conveyor belt as well aren't you you're just you're whether it's stuck in a rut you're, it's just that continuous cycle and especially if it is a busy environment that you're in it it's hard it's like a uh, a roundabout it's hard to get off absolutely and and as i say i didn't have i mean you know they always say that um if you're trying to get a new job it's almost that's like taking a job in itself so as we all know when you have a job full time and then some Mm. the thought of making the time to look for something else particularly when you just have no idea what you want to do And I think I did have in the back of my mind, I kind of liked the idea of being some kind of a therapist, but that right. was as far as it had gone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Did you know what a therapist did? I mean, that's the other well, thing. I, um, I mean, I, so long before I got ill, I, I had, I mean, I had chronic migraines. I've had migraines oh, right. since my early twenties and they were chronic by this point. In fact, I was, again, one of the problems was that I was surviving on really strong drugs. Mm. Um, 
And I'd been going to an acupuncturist, for, for example, for many years. And so that kind of, you know, I, I was very, I always prided myself as being very open-minded. I didn't know a lot about, you know, a different worldview, should we say. Mm. But I was always very open to um, other ways of looking at things. So it was, you know, my idea, I mean, I go to the other reflexologist. I did go to a yoga class. And I, I always tell my students now, I was that woman that, reached into the class at 28 and a half minutes before seven. Yeah. Got my mat. Oh, wonderful. Love it. Need this. It's so important. Got up. The end of the class. Right. Relaxation. Tick. Done that. Yes. Done. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I completely get it that a lot of people who come to my classes, that's the one time in the week they stop. Mm. And Mm. if, if, ready when they're ready to take that further and start finding other ways to make space in their life other ways to rest which is so important Mm -hmm. um then that helps with yeah yeah so you've got two two parts of your life then you also do the clinical hypnotherapy is that right yes um and it's so interesting because i completely understand that they sound like they're very different things but Mm. to me they're absolutely like the same coin both of them help us make space so as you said at the beginning Helen my mission is to help people make space physically mentally and emotionally and there's many many ways we can do that and obviously the yoga and so for me just to say no yoga is not just postures yoga is the whole way of life mm-hmm. um, obviously the meditation as well as the postures but it's also the mindset but that helps us to make space inside our bodies, as to things like walking in the countryside, yeah. singing, dancing, mm-hmm. like mentally, meditation, for example, is a fantastic way of just allowing our minds the potential to, to still a little bit occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, mean that you have to have a quiet mind in order to meditate. If you had a quiet mind, you wouldn't need to meditate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then the third part of this triangle for me, which is more of a Venn diagram. In fact, I do have a Venn diagram that shows the three links and all the things that fit into all the different places. Because, you know, once you're an analyst, you know, once yes. an analyst, always an analyst. I love a good chart. Um, but the third part of my Venn diagram is the emotional side. And I always say, you know, it, it, it's fine if you have the sort of lifestyle where your yoga practice can take place in a cave in the Himalayas and take mm. 20 or 30 years, then you can work through everything. Absolutely. But most mm. of us are And so having a professional therapist, a skilled therapist to hand to help you work through the emotional side can actually help you move forward. And it goes hand in hand with the nurturing of the mind and the body mm. on the yoga mat. Mm. Mm. That sounds heaven. It does. I'm, I'm <laughs> sat here sort of thinking... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it feels so serene. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh. So, so I guess I mean, obviously, you know, with with what journey you've you've been through, um, I guess your your aim is to sort of work with stressed people, and I think you know you're you're trying to create that into a, a program that you're you're um, directing to people that perhaps well absolutely need your services to just sit back and chill for a little bit but um but yeah obviously dedicating it to those that that might be a bit more stressed than normal 
Yeah, I mean, I love the way that the fact that you just used the word serene because one of the one of the things that I feel that I have managed to do over the years, learned to do, is to shift my default state, which, as we discussed earlier, was very definitely stress, mm-hmm. to serene. And that does not mean that I'm serene all the time. <laughs> but what it means is that whenever I need, I remember to, whenever I need to, whenever I take a breath, I remember that actually I can always get back to that place of serenity mm. because it's something inside me. Whereas before it was everything was, everything was, was reacting to what was going on outside me. And I, I simply didn't know, didn't know where to find the resources to deal with all of that. And so I, what I love doing is working with people one-to-one or in small groups and helping bring all of these things together. And that's, mm-hmm. that's something that um, I'm increasingly moving towards. But as I say, I know that not everybody is ready for that level of connection, of commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do on that, my, my yoga classes, I, you know, we all have, we've all brought, learned different things over the, the time of the pandemic. And what I, so one of the biggest things for me is that I made the decision to keep my yoga classes, my weekly classes online. Mm-hmm. And that's I can reach anybody who wants to work with me, not just people who are physically in my location. But then I complement that for people who are near near to me in Hampshire with um, retreats. At the moment, those are day retreats, half day retreats. Mm. I was just starting to plan my first big retreat when Whoa. the pandemic hit, so oh. I kind of revisit that. Luckily, I hadn't got any further than sitting down with the person that owned the venue and yeah. a travel agent, and yeah. so going to make this happen. Yeah. Um, but you know, hey. Yep. Um, and. Alongside that, obviously, I have my hypnotherapy practice. People come to me for all the usual hypnotherapy stuff. Mm-hmm. But the people who are really interested in establishing a consistent daily practice as a means to shifting their defaults from stress to serene, mm. that's the area that uh, I'm increasingly focusing on. Yeah. Um, and know that when that, you know people will find me when they're ready for the work that. Um, I'm offering and that I'm, I'm able to do it to help them do. Mm-hmm. Do you think your practice is going to grow given what's what has happened over the last two years and the number of people that are allegedly, and there's numbers being put out there that mental health crisis is, is growing because of what has happened to people and uh, sort of working from home and hybrid and are we going to have a job, et cetera, et cetera? Yes, I think it's, I mean, you know, there are, I remember being told by someone that there were too many therapists in the world. Mm. Um, someone who's not a therapist. Yeah. Uh, the fact <laughs> of the matter is we all need therapists yeah. one way or another. Yeah. And the number of us who want to help other people is growing because there are so many people who need our help. And, you know, every therapist needs a therapist of their own as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, <laughs> true, I know that true. one. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I think the last two years have, um, well, two years at the moment, has certainly shifted a lot of things. One thing I do think it has also done is though, it has opened a lot more people up to understanding the need for these things. Yes. Yeah. And the benefit. And it's funny, I mean, this thing about having worked from home, it wasn't until I um, started thinking about how I want to work with people in small groups, one-to-one, bringing everything together. But it suddenly, I suddenly even thought about the fact that actually I've got, two decades of working from home experience. Mm. 
Mm. I know what it's like. And I was working, I was working for a company, but certainly when we were a small business, it was very much like working for yourself. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, there were people there, mm. but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't have a big corporate structure behind me. No, no. You didn't have the nine to five requirement in the same way. You could do it five until whatever the seven hours is from five to midnight or whatever. But what actually happened was that it was eight or seven. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And and it, it so was annoying when people would say, oh, everyone's just sitting at home during the pandemic, yes. enjoying life. And whereas there was a lot of people, like you say, working longer hours uh, whilst being at home. Mm. Um, certainly. Almost as a overcompensate, wasn't it? To, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm not sat here skiving off. I'm going to show that I'm really working. And, mm. and actually they were doing a lot more, like you say, than they were than when they were in the office. Mm. Because in the office you would have those chats at the at the coffee machine or you know some somebody's birthday or mm. just just breakouts throughout the day um that were allowed and and absolutely should have been um but obviously you couldn't do that at home you had to be constantly working yeah absolutely and then some companies even started tracking you know how long you were at your laptop and all that kind mm. of stuff because they were so people were skiving and I mean, people, you know, back in the day when I did start working from home and over the, at least certainly the first decade, people would always ask, so how do you get motivated to work from home? And yes. my response is always, it's never about starting. The problem is how do you stop? Yes. Particularly yes. because most of that time, I wasn't married at that point. I was single. Um, I'm, I'm now divorced. So <laughs> yeah. again, it's me. And, um, and yeah, there's the, if you're involved in something, whether it's because you've got excited about it and you want to do it or whether it's because you've got a deadline looming if there is nobody else there or if you have got a family and there's somebody else who will give the kids their tea or whatever it is the temptation to stay at your desk until 10 11 12 o'clock at night mm, yeah. is actually stronger than the temptation not to get started in the first place yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I, I certainly think you'll uh, you'll you'll definitely be getting uh, an influx of uh, people that will definitely need your services. Um, I mean, it's it's certainly something that I think probably I should be taking some time out to uh, to just get those serene moments. But um, yeah, maybe maybe we should sign up as a collective. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the wonderful things about the online yoga. So I teach two classes a week mm-hmm. at ten o'clock. Wednesday morning and seven o'clock on Wednesday evening for an hour and seven, an hour and fifteen minutes each. But because it's on Zoom, so that keeps the you know it still feels personal because we still connect and interact at the beginning and end of the class. Yep. Because it's on Zoom, as I start teaching, I hit record. So we've got over fifty classes backed up in the library. It would be more, but I shifted oh, from um, Vimeo after a few some months ago. And so, this, and, and, and it's, I work on a subscriber system. So people pay me each month, and then they have access to all those classes. So if, they, really? if you miss a class, you can catch up. Catch up, yeah. If you more than once a week or more than twice a week, you can do the live classes and do some of the the ones from the archive. Mm-hmm. And it's a fantastic way of doing it. Plus, your class, you know, it's an hour and 15 minutes. It takes an hour and 15 minutes out of your day, not two hours, because mm. you don't have, or more, because you get to class, you don't have to find a parking space, yeah. carry your map, you know, 10 minutes down the road, and people love it. Yeah, yeah. And I used to be such 
snob about online yoga. I can't tell you. Yeah. Um, I really <laughs> words in that one. <laughs> no, well, I, I, I'm, yeah, you're selling it to me, Helen. That's for sure. <laughs> well, obviously, I mean, I think if anyone wants to uh, to follow them, we'll obviously put all of your um, social media handles and everything on 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 our podcast details, um, so people can find you. But um, obviously, it's one step forward. Dot today. Uh, www. That's one right. step forward. Yeah, I realised I don't think you'd actually mentioned business names, but yeah. I call my business One Step Forward, and the website is Dot Today, which um, when I discovered that was available, was awesome. But the idea is that you know your step may be a huge step, it may be a tiny step, but whatever you're ready to today to move towards the direction that you want to be going in. Mm, that's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Helen, for sharing all that with us. Um, obviously, we'll need to ask you what we ask every all of our guests. Um, what is what is the one thing that makes you smile? Whether it's today, whether it's generally. Um, and as I say, we've we've got some amazing weather going on at the moment. But um, what what is it that makes you smile? There was no question when I uh, what the answer was going to be when I saw this. I have a a dog. I've mentioned her already. She's been with me for fifteen years. She's a pastel terrier. Love She's called Muppet. Oh, and she is my best friend. Oh. Um, to anybody human who thinks that that should apply to them, there's a couple of them. <laughs> um, so in fact, I wondered if, if you might even hear her snoring. She's under the ta- table at the moment, waiting to, to go out and enjoy oh, the lovely. sunshine with me. Yeah. The advantage of having such a small dog is that she is still remarkably young at heart at 15, and she She's particularly at the moment, as you say, with this spring sunshine, she has a spring in her step, she's bouncing around, and she just makes me not just smile, but laugh oh. all the time. And I have to say, I don't know how I would have got through lockdown if it hadn't been for her. Oh, yeah, that's fabulous. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, lovely. Cheers to her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Helen. Lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.